I want to talk to you today about prayer, and I want to talk to you about the idea of surrendered prayers. I believe there's a difference in us asking for God to do what we want and us asking God for his will. And I want to talk to you about the power of surrendered prayers today. And I want to use a story in Genesis chapter 32 from Jacob's life to really talk to us about how powerful surrendered prayers can be and the difference that they can make in our lives. So if you want to join me, I'm in Genesis chapter 32, and I'm going to start in verse 24. And here's what the Bible says. It says, so Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man, basically dislocated his hip. And the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And the man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. And Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. And so Jacob called the place Peniel saying, it is because I saw God face to face and my life was spared. And the sun rose above him as he passed Peniel and he was limping because of his hip. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your word. Thank you, God, that over these next few moments, you're going to speak something to us that's going to challenge us and encourage us. It's going to make us more like you. You're going to give us more clarity in this time that we're living in. We thank you that your word has that type of power today. And we have gathered under the name of Jesus, that name that is above every name. And we believe that in these moments, you are going to do something significant in our life. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody said amen. I'm hoping you're saying amen at home because I'm really believing in my heart as I'm talking to this camera that you're with me. So help me out if you can. Maybe type it in, maybe hit the like button, maybe share this with your friends too so you can make sure that everybody you love and everybody that's in your world can get a hold of this message. I think it's gonna bless people today. This, was, this is an interesting story to me and I love this story because it reminds me so much of something that's going on in my house right now. No, I'm not wrestling with Monica, but I am wrestling <laughs> with my little boy, Oliver. Oliver uh, has gotten into wrestling over the past few weeks, and now he's on YouTube, and he's watching old wrestling matches. His favorite wrestler is John Cena, and he wants me to be The Rock. I think he really likes the rivalry between The Rock and John Cena, and so he's John Cena, and I'm The Rock, and he has to beat me up all the time, and so when he's finished beating me up, we sit down on the couch, and we we talk and he asked me about wrestling moves and all of this stuff and the other day he's looking at me and he goes hey dad tell me a little bit about the undertaker and hulk hogan and in that moment you know you you rarely get these moments as a parent where you feel like you are a good parent but this was one of those moments where like if i have ever raised my kids right i feel like in this moment i have done the right thing by my kids if my son knows who Hulk Hogan is, and The Undertaker is, then I am a good dad. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. I'm very serious right now. <laughs> you got to take a win where you can get a win. And so he's asking me about all of that, and I'm telling him, and we're talking about wrestling, and I'm thinking of this story because I'm thinking about this message this week, and I'm thinking, you know, sometimes when you watch wrestling, 
there's two guys in a ring wrestling and then all of a sudden out of nowhere, some third guy comes and he jumps in the ring and he starts fighting one of the guys and now it's two against one. And this story kind of makes me think of those scenarios because in this story, we find Jacob in Genesis 32, he's been running for most of his life. He's running from his brother, his family. He's, he's ran away from his father-in-law. He spent most of his life on the run. And finally, he gets to this place where he can't run anymore. He finds out that his brother is going to come see him. And he makes a decision that he's going to stay where he is and he's going to meet his brother. And the Bible says that not only is he fighting this anxiety and fear of the fact that he thinks his brother is going to kill him, but he's really preparing his life to fight his brother. He's really preparing himself. He's getting his money together. He's getting his family together. He's getting all of his stuff together. And the Bible says that he's preparing really for the fight of his life. He's already in the fight of his life as far as his anxiety and fears are concerned. And so he's fighting against his fear. He's fighting against anxiety. He thinks he's going to have to fight against his brother. And what does God do? God does something so interesting here. God does not send what we think comfort should look like. You know, when I think of being in a situation like I'm in right now, the last thing I'm thinking is that God wants to wrestle me too. Like I'm already struggling with my thoughts about my future, my thoughts about my family, and the thoughts about the church, and my thoughts about this virus. I'm already struggling with all of that. I'm already battling my own anxieties. I'm already battling my own fears I'm expecting God to come in and give me a big hug and say, it's all going to be all right. I'm expecting God to come and give me a vision or come give me some sort of dream and tell me everything's going to be just fine. But instead, God sends a wrestling match. God shows up in the form of a wrestling match. Why would God do this? While he is wrestling his own fear, while he's afraid of his brother, why would God want to wrestle him too? I think God wants to wrestle him too because God wants to get his attention off of what he's afraid of and onto him. And I think that's why God wants to wrestle you and I in this time. I think that God wants us to get our attention off of the stuff that we are looking at on the news and hearing on the radio and all of the fear that is out there. I think God wants to wrestle us in prayer to get our attention, to take our attention off of our fears and put our attention onto him. The Bible teaches us that we should look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, teaches us that we should never take our eyes off of Jesus, that we should focus in on him. Really, faith is a matter of focus. When Peter jumps out of the boat and he starts to walk on the water, as long as his focus is on Jesus, he's walking along just fine. But as soon as he turns to the side and he looks at the wind and the waves, he starts to sink because faith is really a matter of focus. And Jesus, and, and, and Jesus wants to wrestle with us right now because he wants to get our attention. God wants to wrestle with us right now because he wants us to focus on him. He wants us to look at him. You know, on my television screen, it seems as if there's a constant ticker at the bottom of my TV screen that's telling me how many people have the virus and how many people are dying from the virus. And my, my eyes seem to be constantly on, on a screen that's telling me all the bad news in the world. And God is like, can, I'm going to wrestle you for a little while so that I can get your attention and I can get your focus. It's amazing, isn't it, that God sends a fight and not our idea of comfort? God is so amazing because God is predictably unpredictable. And what I mean by that is this. God's character is unchangeable. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
But God's methods are always changing. They're always different. You can predict that God is going to be faithful, but you cannot predict how God is going to be faithful. And when we are looking for comfort, sometimes God sends a fight because God wants us to know it's not that he's reluctant to bless us. It's not that he is reluctant to even deliver us from this time. It's that there is something that he is teaching us in the wrestling that we won't learn any other way. There is, there is something that God is teaching us. It truly, he's teaching us that the blessing is in the wrestling. The blessing is in the wrestling. And God, watch this, God initiated this fight. Jacob didn't start this fight. God initiated this fight. When God initiates a fight with you, it's God's grace. It's God's grace that's coming along and trying to fix your focus. When God makes us wrestle with him, he's trying to teach us the, the power of a surrendered life and surrendered prayers. Because God is never going to give you a life that doesn't require him. He loves you too much to give you a life that doesn't require him. Jesus even teaches us this. Jesus, when he is getting ready to go to the cross, the Bible teaches us in Luke 22 and in Matthew 26, these are the accounts of Jesus when he's praying in the garden of Gethsemane. And in Matthew 26 and 38, it says, Jesus says, he says to his disciples, he says, my soul is consumed with sorrow to the point of death. And the Bible says, and he went just a little bit further. He fell face down and he prayed. Amazing, isn't it? That Jesus, when he is at this point where he is feeling like he is at death's door, what is his first response? His first response is to pray. And I'm telling you, I, I know that we need to do wise things like prepare ourselves and get the things that we need to take care of our family. But more than any of that, we need to fall on our faces and pray. Chronicles teaches us that if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, they would seek my face, repent, turn from their wicked ways. He says, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Man, we need to fall on our face in prayer before God. And what is the first thing that Jesus says when he prays? Jesus says, God, Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Think about that. Jesus had to surrender his own will to the will of the Father. And watch what happens as Jesus prays this powerful, surrendered prayer. The Bible teaches us that that there are a few things that happen when you pray surrendered prayers. There are a few things that happen when you surrender your life in prayers. Matter of fact, the disciples asked Jesus, they said, how should we pray? Jesus said this in Luke 11. He said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus said, you got to pray his kingdom come. Not your kingdom, not man's kingdom, not the White House, not a government, not a system, not an other order, but the order of heaven come into my life. And Jesus said, my father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken, but not what I want. God, what you want. Real prayer is not a prayer that's asking to get my way. Real prayer is a prayer that is surrendering my will. God, I want this but I want what you want more than I want what I want. God is training us through the wrestling how to, how to grow, how to stay 
out of comfort, how to come out of comfort into a place of growth. Because if we're going to grow, we're going to have to leave comfortable. If we're going to change, we're going to have to leave normal. We're going to have to come out and, 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 and embrace this season of life. We can't keep trying to escape it. We don't know how long this is going to last. This looks like it could last a while and God could deliver us tomorrow. But if he doesn't, what am I, what am I learning doing the, during this time? What am, what am I leaning into during this time? What am I focusing on during this time? The power of surrendered prayer. Let me give you four things that surrendered prayer will do for you and in you. The first thing is this. Surrendered prayer produces supernatural activity in your life. In Luke chapter 22 and 43, the Bible says that as Jesus is praying, an angel comes to him. Man, I'm telling you right now, man, I need supernatural activity in my life. I'm thankful for what the government is trying to do to help us. I'm thankful for the money that's going to go out and help families. I'm grateful for all of that. But man, I need more than a check in the mail. I need supernatural activity in my life. I need more than to hear the government say, I'm here for you. I need to hear God say, I'm here for you. In Isaiah chapter 58 and 9, the Bible says, you call, the Lord will answer. You cry, and he will say, here I am. Does anybody else just want to hear God say, here I am? I want to hear God say in this moment, here I am. Here I am. I'm, I'm here for you. I'm with you. I am beside you. I am close to you. I don't want to just know it. I don't want to just read it. I want to experience it. And I experience it by saying, God, not my will in this season, but your will in this season. The Bible says that an angel came. And the second thing that happens is surrendered prayer transfers the weight of our burdens and our cares. The Bible says in Luke 22 and 43, not only did the angel come to Jesus, but he ministered to Jesus. Man, I, I want the ministry of heaven. I'm thankful for the ministry of my church, and I'm, I'm thankful for those that are reaching out and helping their neighbor. But man, it's another thing for God to come and God himself to come and minister to you or angels to come and minister to you. I want heaven's activity in my life as well. Psalm 55 and 2 says, cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. He never said we wouldn't go through things. He just said we wouldn't be moved. He never said we wouldn't experience trouble. He just said we wouldn't be moved. I'm telling you, when you get to the end of this and you look back over what God has done, yeah, I got afraid. Yeah, I lost some things. But you know what? I wasn't moved. I'm still here. I'm still standing. God is faithful. God still loves me. And God is still on my side. So surrendered prayer transfers the weight of our burdens. It takes it off of us because we weren't intended to carry it, and it puts it on the one who was intended to carry it. See, the weight of the world was not intended to be on your shoulders. The Bible teaches us that the government, the weight of all of that will be on his shoulders. Number three, surrendered prayer produces breakthrough. Because here's the thing about breakthrough. True breakthrough begins with God breaking you. True breakthrough begins with God breaking you. In Luke 22 and 44, the Bible says, in being in anguish, what did Jesus do? He prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. What did Jesus do when, when he was praying? And then he even felt more anxiety. He prayed even more earnestly. He didn't stop praying because he didn't feel like it was working. He prayed until he broke through. And the Bible says he broke through and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. 
See, prayer isn't a means to avoid the process. Prayer is how I keep from quitting during the process. Prayer is how I'm sustained during the process. In the story of Jacob, as God is wrestling with Jacob, the Bible says in that moment that God, because Jacob wouldn't let him go, that God touched his hip and his hip went out of socket. And Jacob was, was injured. And, and now he's praying. He's saying, I'm not letting you go. Even though I'm injured, even though I'm broken, even though I'm not whole, I'm still going to hang on until you bless me. And God was so amazed by this. He said, man, who are you? Who are you? This wasn't a question for God. God knew exactly who Jacob was. This was a question for Jacob. Because Jacob wasn't a fighter. This was not Jacob's normal tendency to fight like this, to hang on like this. Jacob was one to walk away and to run away. But he was now at the point of his breakthrough, and he was saying, I'm not letting go until you bless me. God, give me and give you that mindset during this time. God, I'm going to hang on until you bless me. God, I'm not letting you go during this time. I don't care what comes. I don't, want, I don't care what the reports are. God, I am hanging on on to you. Maybe in your room right now you can throw your hands up in the air and say, God, I'm hanging on to you because I believe that you are going to bless me. And he asked him, he said, he said, who are you? Remember, God knows exactly who you are. He knew exactly who Jacob was. He's not asking you because he needs to know your name. He's asking you because he needs you to know your name. Jacob had spent his life on the run because he was such a deceitful person. He was such a manipulative person. He had spent his life on the run, and it was in this moment when he decided, you know, I'm not running anymore. I'm going to face my brother. I'm going to face God, and I'm going to live. I'm going to face this sickness. I'm going to face this situation, and I'm going to look God in the face, and I'm going to wrestle with him in prayer, and I'm going to make it through this. I'm going to put my confidence in that, that I'm not going to let go until you bless me. Man, help us, God, to not run in fear in this situation, but to stay and wrestle in prayer. Jacob had an identity issue that God was also trying to get to. Jacob had, for most of his life, pretend, pretended to be someone he wasn't. Jacob didn't learn this. On his own, he actually was taught this by his mother. When he was younger, his mother found out that his brother Esau was gone, and she said, hey, why don't you dress up like Esau and go to your father and, and ask him for Esau's blessing? And Jacob listened to his mom, and he goes in, and he, he asked his dad, he says, won't you, won't you bless me? And his dad, thinking it's Esau, he puts the, the, the firstborn blessing on Jacob. Jacob has been deceiving and lying to people his entire life. And God gets him to this point where he, he needs him to stop running because truly Jacob wasn't running from his brother. He wasn't running from his father-in-law. He wasn't running from his family. Jacob was running from his weakness. And God wants you to understand today, you don't have to run from your weakness anymore. I know who you are. I just need you to admit who you are. I can't bless who you pretend to be. I can only bless the real you. I need you to say, I am I'm Jacob, I'm, I'm struggling, I'm, I'm hurting, I'm, I'm lost, I am broken, I'm not, I don't have it all together. This season is really rocking me and I'm up and down in my emotions and 
I've not been the best version of myself over these past few days and weeks. And God is saying, okay, now that you've said that, I want to I bless you. I, wanna, I want you to experience breakthrough in your life. And watch. He, he, he knocks his hip out of socket. Why? So that Jacob can't run anymore. For the rest of his life, he's going to have to walk with a limp. See, because as a follower of Jesus, we don't strut. We limp. We walk with a limp because we know we are nothing without him. We walk with a limp because we know if we don't have him in our lives, we have nothing. We need him. Fourth thing is this. Surrendered prayer provides direction. In Matthew 26 and 45, the Bible says Jesus, after he's finished praying, he gets up and he goes to his disciples and he says, look, the hour has come. He's in a completely different mindset. He's gone from, from that fear of what would happen to now he knows that God is with him. He's been strengthened. He's broken through in prayer. He, he, he's, his, I can even sense the tone in his voice has changed. And he says, look, the hour has come and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Fully confident of his future. Because now, because he's prayed surrendered prayers, he's got direction for his life. See, your future will never feel familiar because you've never been there for before. It will always feel uncertain. It will always feel like you don't know what you're doing. That's why you need surrendered prayers so that you can have the confidence that your hour has come. See, a new thing requires new levels of reliance. And if you feel familiar, if you feel like everything around you is familiar and it's, it's, all, it's all normal to you, then that's your history and that is not your destiny. God has a place for you that feels uncomfortable, that feels to your flesh like you don't understand it. But when you pray surrendered prayers and you pray not my will but your will be done, God begins to open up your future and he begins to open up the season of life that you're in and he shows you that your hour has come. And you know what to do in that hour. See, this type of prayer it reminds us that we're not in control. And it keeps us close to the one who is. Before Jesus even entered into his time of prayer, he actually talks to his disciples about prayer. He talks to them about prayer before he goes in to pray. And he talks to them afterwards about prayer. And he talks to Peter specifically in Luke chapter 22, verses 31 and 32. He says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And you, when you have turned again, you will strengthen your brothers. Jesus is implying and he's, he's, he's actually admonishing Peter and he's saying to him, hey man, you're going to fail. You're going to fall on your face. You're going to make some mistakes, but you're going to return. You're going to come back after this. And when you do, you are going to strengthen your brothers. But Peter, like most of us, we miss, we miss the whole point of God saying, hey, you're going to fall, but I've prayed for you. See, I love this. Jesus didn't pray that he wouldn't fall. He just prayed that when he did fall, he'd return. I want you to know something. If you've fallen, God's not finished with you. God is actually still with you, and he is, he is staying with you, and he is clinging to you, and he is walking with you till you return. And when you return, you're going to be stronger than you ever were before. And Peter, Peter, like most of us, says, forget that fallen thing. I'm not fallen. God, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. 
When I read those words, I think of 1 Kings 20 and 11 where it says, Let not him who girds on his armor boast like him who takes it off. In other words, just because you put the armor on doesn't mean you're coming home. It doesn't mean you're going to make it back. That's a scary thought. And God is trying to tell Peter, hey, listen, there's no boasting right now. There's no time for boasting. There's no time for confidence in flesh. Peter was boasting in his flesh, but he was in no position to boast about anything. And I want to say this to you, and if you haven't heard anything I've said all day, I, I said all of that to get to this point. This is not this time, this season that we're in. This is not an opportunity for you to show how strong you are. This is an opportunity for you to wrestle with God in prayer and declare how weak you are without him, how desperately you are for him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 9, Paul puts it this way. He says, because of these surpassingly great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment or to buffet me. Three times I asked the Lord to take it away from me, but he said, no, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Paul is asking God, take this from me. Get me out of this. And I know many times I've asked God, get me out of this. Take this from me. And I wake up and we're still in it. And so God is saying to you and me, just like he was saying to Paul, I might not be taking from this, you from this right now or this from you, but I want you to know something that I'm going to prove to you how strong I am in this season. This is not a season for us to boast in our ability. This is not a time for us to boast in our strength. This is a time for us to open up our eyes to see how strong our God is. Maybe you can in your house right now put your hands together and thank God that you serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You serve Jesus, the name that's above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Our God is above all of this. He is all-powerful, all-knowing. He is totally involved, and he, he is going to display his strength. It's not a time for our strength to be displayed. As a matter of fact, we're being shown how vulnerable we are. We're being shown how 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 we are limited and how our minds are limited and how limited our resources are. This is an opportunity for God to show how strong he is, not us to show how strong we are. So Paul, I feel you, man. I know what you're saying. I, I've never felt this way before. I've never thought some of these thoughts before. And I know many of you are saying, God, I've never hurt like this, but God would say back to you, I've never seen you better. You're like, I, I, I don't understand. I've never been in this much pain. God said, I've never seen you pray this much. Some of you are like, I've never been this frustrated. But God is saying, you've never worshipped me like this. God is using this time. God did not send this. We serve a good God. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. But you better believe God is going to use this. God is going to use this to show us where we have been relying on self, relying on our own strength. And we've been praying, but we haven't been praying surrendered prayers. God help us to pray surrendered prayers. God help us to get to the point where we say, God, I didn't like it, but it made me pray. I didn't like this time, but man, it drew me closer to God. Man, I didn't like it, but man, I got my focus back. I didn't like it, but man, it reset my heart and it caused me to get my mind on Jesus again. 
I don't know every situation that's represented in our church family and to the people that are watching today. Many of you have already lost your jobs. Many of you are already suffering. Some of you that are watching this may be sick, may have COVID-19. And I'm praying that during this time where anxiety is at an all-time high and fear is at an all-time high and it's so hard to get clear vision that we would wrestle not with our fears but with our, our Father. We would wrestle with Him in prayer until we break through, until we feel the supernatural touch of heaven and until we feel strength coming into our lives until we have answered that question, who am I? What has my focus been? Where has my thought life been? Where have my, where have my ideas been? Where, where have I been? And God is causing us to get our focus back. And so today I want to pray with you, no matter where you are, no matter if you're sitting in your home and you've got food in your refrigerator and you've got money in the bank or if you're sitting there and you have no money and you're wondering where your next meal is coming from, God loves you and cares about all of you today. Every aspect, every space in, of life right now, he cares. Let me pray with you. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you today for the wrestling. Thank you today that you have come in this season. You didn't cause this season, but you will use this season to help us get our focus back. God, help us to pray surrendered prayers, not prayers to get our way, but prayers that say, not my will, but your will. God, we want your will in this time. We want to do what you would have us do. We want to say what you would have us say. If there's anyone that's listening to me right now and they haven't surrendered their life to you, in other words, there are people who haven't surrendered their will, but there are people that haven't surrendered their life. There are people that are saved, but they're having a hard time letting go of their way. But there are people in this, maybe in the audience today, people that are, are listening to me online that haven't given their life to you. And I'm praying right now that they would make a decision to make you Lord of their life. And so today, if, if you're listening to me, would you pray this prayer with me so that we can, we can all gather together and say the same thing and have some unity right now. Let's pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for the wrestling. Help me to focus on you and not my fear. Help me to keep my eyes on you, the author and the finisher of my faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, thank you so much for joining us. And I want to say thank you to those of you who have been able to continue to give. You know, you can give online, you can mail a check into us. And uh, I'm telling you right now, so many incredible things are happening. We've partnered with the Good Samaritan. We've partnered with the police department. Right now we're reaching out to uh, different schools in our area to make sure that they're getting those meals uh, to their homes. Um, we're going to do more and more. We've helped people uh, get their lawn mowed. We've, we've, you guys have done incredible work in the community, and it's just going to continue. See, because when you get to the point where you can answer the question of who you are and you stop running from your weakness, then you can run towards weakness when you see it. And God is using us right now in this time to run towards the weakness, to run towards those who need us 
greater than they have ever needed us before. So I want to thank you again for your giving. It causes us to continue doing what we're doing. And I, I'm, so, I'm so thankful for you. Make sure that you stay tuned to all of our social media platforms so that you can stay connected to what we're doing. We're going to release different videos throughout the week just to encourage you in worship and, and song and, and in word. And I hope you've been encouraged by the message today. And I hope that you have felt the presence of God in your home and there with your friends and your family. I love you so much. I can't wait to talk to you again. I can't wait till we gather in this room again. But until then, this is, this is the way it's going to be. So thank you again for joining us. We'll see you very soon. God bless you.